0: All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is uh, Greg Halbeck, Michael Pinter of Real Estate Investing in New York Show. So today we're going to talk about, you know, how do you treat your leads? And, and, and we're going to cover like lead urgency because this is something that, that I'm trying to train my team in my business. Michael's trying to train his team. And, you know, this is something that people don't really talk about, about. And, you know, I guess the first thing I'll say about it is not all leads are created equally, but the leads that are high priority online leads must get called back literally instantly or else you're automatically at a disadvantage versus a cold calling lead when they just want an offer. You know, you can wait 40 minutes and call them back because it's really not going to make a difference. So Michael, what have you kind of, what's your process look like when it comes to really online inbound leads? Because you, you do a fair amount of it.
1: Sure. So so ideally, I, I have two people in lead management and their priority is to answer the calls live when they come in. Right, that's what I prefer, and I tell them that unless you're on the call with someone who's really high priority, you drop the call, and pick up a live call if you can. Um, their second priority after that is to call a live call that we missed back within, you know, within two minutes. Um, and there's a huge lead urgency because what what's, what goes on is that people that go to um, Google. Let's say, for example, mostly Google, and they type in "I want to sell my house fast" in whatever wherever they are. Um, they're not just clicking on your ad; they're clicking on multiple ads. And the one that's the quickest has a big advantage in getting the deal done. And the one or the one that calls them back right away, because very often it's first, it's first, uh, first to lead gets it. The speed to lead matters on any any kind of online inquiry. And a lot of people, you can't treat them the same as as you said, as lower priority leads. Like a mail lead. Now the mail, the, the person might've got five postcards and they're calling them all, but there's a lot more, um, a lot more, what am I looking for? Multiple multiple buyer uh, um, inquiries done on online. Cause it's so simple, right? You can just go down the list, click, 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 click. And uh, that, so we try to get them, we try to get the, the, the call answer live if we can.
0: Yeah, especially with Google or Pay Per Lead if you're doing, you know, Speed to Lead or Need to Sell My House. Actually, Need to Sell My House Fast is a different story, um, but-
1: Well, need to, sell, need to Sell My House Fast says that they send it right away. iSpeed to Lead does not because they 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 try to verify it via text. So there probably is a bigger gap. So different Pay Per Lead providers, some of the, and, and, there, and there's a there's a trade-off, right? Because on iSpeed to Lead, if I see that they verified with text and they know the person is really the person- that has an advantage to me, but like, I spoke to the guys, that need some miles fast. I'm like, why don't you do that? And like, well, we could do that, but that means you're not getting it first. Other people might be calling them first if they're, they're going to multiple places. So it's, that's it's, with every, with I uh, the lead.
0: that's really valuable. Cause then you're not, cause we get a lot of leads where like, it's not like this idiot from me to sell my house fast called yesterday. And he was like calling on behalf of somebody and he was not like, he was not a real player. And I'm like, okay, we, yeah,
1: I, I just got a a, a lead where uh, it was the realtor. It's the realtor and the property's listed for $150,000 more than I would even think about paying. Like that's a that's a waste.
0: Yeah, it's a big waste. You know what we've been doing now? It's, it's on that note and then we'll cover more of the lead stuff. I, I had this thing, I was telling Brett yesterday, I was like, listen, like, and I was giving him an example from me, you know what I mean? I said, listen, what the seller's asking price is, is irrelevant to our offer. I said like, if they're asking a million dollars, but they're motivated, that's a good lead. So I have this problem and this is something I need to work on is, I can have a really good call with an owner, let's say it's an online lead and they're motivated, but then we get to their asking price. And if they all of a sudden say like the market value or maybe higher than the market value, but they're motivated, I have a tendency to kind of shut down and sabotage myself. And I did a podcast with Eric Brewer on my other show and he was basically saying like, the seller's asking price is irrelevant. Like their, their price is doesn't matter, right? Because we're only going to buy the house for whatever we're willing to pay for it. So the point I'm trying to make is don't let the seller's asking price ruin your, or sabotage your sales process. Because I could tell you one thing, I've bought a lot of houses where the seller was asking one price and they ended up selling it to me for a lot lower than what they were asking. And if I were to like get in my tendency of like shutting down and just making it about the price, you know, we would have not bought the house and some other idiot would have bought it. So sure. you, you got I agree 100%. You know what I mean? I
1: agree 100%, yes.
0: Especially in New York, because people are pretty- Like I, I, can t- I can actually say this like with confidence, like the seller avatar in New York and the seller avatar in Delaware, it's like night and day. Like the people in Delaware, and I'm just going to say this on the record- aren't as smart as people in New York. And I, I if I offended somebody, fuck off. Like, because it's true. People in New York, <laughs> dude. I'm just being real here. Like, this is this is the truth center. People in New York are smart. <laughs> the people that we deal with, even when they're motivated, they know what's going on. Like, there's no bullshit. Like, the people in Delaware, you have to be careful because they are not sophisticated at all. They don't know what's going on. You can take advantage of them, which I don't. But they do not know process in new york they all know the process like have you seen that in other markets man it's it's a true thing
1: so i i've seen a little bit on the markets but i've always said that i i think the way people think about real estate in new york is dramatically different than the other 49 states it's because the process takes so long because attorneys are involved people don't look at their house in new york even a even a vacant inherited property as some kind of solution for a short-term financial problem but in other states People think that, right? Even in California, you could sell a house in a week. So if I'm in a real jam, right? Uh, my son got arrested for something, a crime he didn't commit, and they need $100,000 posted cash, or a million dollars posted cash, or my son's going to sit in, in LA County jail. I could sell my house, right? And now I may, yeah. I may know I'm going to take a, a haircut. I'm going to take, take a haircut, and I'm going to have to find a place to go, but I can yeah. sell my house real fast, right? Yeah. But in New York, no yeah. one thinks that way because everything takes months and months and months. So like the whole sales pitch in most of the country is, Hey, I can close in where I go super fast and no closing costs and easy schmeezy. We're going to close it in two minutes. But in New York, if you come with that pitch, a lot of people are, are, are appalled, uh, 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 repelled by it yeah. because they think it's full of crap, right? You're not closing in two days. You're not closing in 10 days, right? It's not going to happen. It takes, it can take a month to get title in, in some, some towns in, in, in Suffolk County. So. The but so the speed is very different, right? And and, and what I'm finding, because I'm 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 operating in Texas now, is that if you're not quick to give an offer and get into contract in those places, you're gonna yeah, lose a deal. In New York, it's very rare I'll lose a deal because of time. I have lost a couple, I'm not gonna say I haven't, but very rare. Um, more likely that, that guy's gonna come back to you in six months. I just had a, a lead come back to me, I've been talking to you for like three years. Like I've been talking to you before the pandemic. And he finally agreed, went down on his price yesterday. Now, what you said about price is incredibly important. Now, I try to get price expectations from the seller, but the other pillars of motivation, right? So that's time, reason, um, condition. If those don't match up, even if the guy wants more than retail, it's still a good lead because he'll never sell it for that. So what happens, and you've seen this a hundred times, is some guy will tell you what he wants for his house and it's full retail price because he heard that's what price houses are going for, right? I want 500. I heard all the houses going 500. The difference is this house is a piece of crap, right? It needs 100,000 dollars worth of work. So when that happens and the guy says he wants 500, I'll absolutely go on the appointment and and make an offer for 300. Now, he may get offended, but we both know he's never going to sell it for 500 in that condition. Like it's almost never going to happen. So what do I care if he wants 500? I know that I know that I'm going to have to make an offer significantly less and I'm probably not Going to even justify it or i may say you know you 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 told me the house needs a lot of work or the house clearly the house needs a lot of work and i'm sorry you know we have the the way that i the way that you and john martinez taught me to give the offer where i basically make them beg me for the number but i want to give that offer even if it's significantly below the below the price expectation if the other motivation is there now if it's not there if the guy is in no rush if he doesn't really have a strong reason right i'm thinking about moving and the condition okay then for me that's that's a listing lead right that's a lead where i'm going to go to the guy now that i know that he wants full price and now that he i saw the house or he told me it's an eight or nine out of ten i'm going to say to him i can get you that number but you're going to have to let me list it and sometimes then the truth will come out and they'll say well to be honest I, I need to get into contract now and i'm not closing for six months or some kind of crazy bullshit that he never said before so i'll i'll very often because i take listings and i don't do this in texas i only do this in new york because i'm not licensed i'm not a licensed realtor in texas I'll say to the guy, I'll give you both numbers. I'll tell you what you can list it for, um, and I'll get and I'll tell you what I can pay for it. And you're gonna make you're probably gonna make more money if you list it. But here are the pros and cons of listing it or selling it to me, right? If you sell it to me, my price isn't gonna change. I'm not gonna do an inspection and knock you down on the price. I'm not gonna do an appraisal and ask you to go put put the do work to the house. And I don't have any any contingencies, right? If you if you if you list it, you're gonna have to be on a buyer's timeline. That guy can walk after three months because he says he got denied for a mortgage, and that guy might change price on you three times. So that's the pros and cons, and I just that's how I present them.
0: Yeah, and you might get more money if it all works out. <laughs>
1: right, and I'll say you probably will get more money if you list it, but you have to understand these are the downsides. You you can get screwed. You can you're going to be all excited about your price, and then they're going to come in and change it. And these are the things you're not going to have with me. You, you're paying you're giving you're paying me you're you're getting less money for me for the certainty and convenience that I'm providing. And it makes perfect sense. That's the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's in the retail game. It's more risk, more reward, right? You risk the buyer flaking for more money. Or if you sell to a cash buyer, like you or me, like, less risk, but less money. Certainty, right? Certainty costs money. And, right. Uh,
1: Certainty, convenience, and control. I'm control. not sure what the control Yeah, there's tell. no outs. Control. There's no outs.
0: Especially when you put a $10,000 right. down, like I'm not going to walk from that. I-, I will if it's a really bad deal, but if it's like a so-so, I mean, I've had and that we
1: happen. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about
0: that. I had a 3000 <laughs> So a quick story on this. This is me being an idiot. We got this like borderline lead in Newburgh. It's in a decent area, but the guy was like, this was last year. The guy was like, He seemed like a guy who could like lie for a living, kind of like an attorney. But uh, anyway, he uh, (laughs) he was like making the house sound really good. And I'm like, all right, if based on what you're saying, I'll I'll do it. I put down a decent deposit. I put down thirty five hundred bucks, and I ended up going to. The, we signed a real contract, and I went there afterwards and like checked it out myself. And he like did all this shitty Mickey Mouse work, and there was all these illegal permits. And I was like, "This thing's a fucking piece of shit." And I said, "I was like, I, I didn't." See, <laughs> it was garbage. I was like, and the guy like definitely, he was super flaky. And I'm like, listen, this is not what I expected. Unfortunately for me, I have a contract with a deposit. And fortunately for you, you have a contract with a deposit. Keep the deposit. And I got I lost the money. But uh, here's another example on what you said earlier with people not knowing people in New York not kn- like knowing that their house isn't that liquid. So I went on an appointment like a month and a half ago, and the guy wanted to sell in like a month. So I said, All right, if your attorney knows what he's doing and he understands this process, we can probably close in a month, but it's up to your attorney. It's not up to me. I have no control over your attorney and his ability to wheel and deal. Fucking attorney. Oh my God. I'm not mentioning his name, but he is really bad. Um, and he (laughs) took him, it took him about a month to get the smoke alarm affidavit signed, which is delaying the closing. And the guy's not that pissed because he knows his attorney. Local alarm affidavit. So if you in this one town, you need to get a municipal search and you got to get this affidavit notarized. And like, it's very easy. You got to get it fucking notarized. It takes like all of 20 minutes. But because this guy doesn't know.
1: His attorney can notarize it for
0: him. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? But this, this these people don't operate. You know, this isn't a logical attorney. So anyway. He's like, you know, skeptical because he's a New York guy and he's like, I'm gonna do everything through my attorney. His attorney was fucking really hard to communicate with. Took him a month to get this thing signed. So now we're probably gonna close in like three or four weeks. So ultimately a two-month settlement. But that's out of my control, right? It's out of my control. And I, you know, I can't. You did you, know,
1: you did everything you were supposed to do? Yeah,
0: exactly. So if he's angry at me, I'll just be like, listen, dude, like your attorney, like call your attorney and yell at him because it's not my fault. I mean, yeah, anyway. So the point is like, listen, you in the my record in New York of closing a deal is like. 30 days, I think 30 days. I did a house one time and everything with the stars aligned. It wasn't a wholesale deal. I bought it with a private lender.
1: I've closed, I've closed in less, I've closed in less, but it's, you know, I'd have to, I told this kind of company right away. You got to do whatever you got to do to get me this title right away. You know, you got to send somebody out there right away. And it happened, but a, a quick wholesale deal for me is probably three months, two months.
0: Two, two or three months. It, dep- it really Crazy. depends on the town because the title is easy. I can get title back in a week and a half. It's the municipal search is where the problem municipals. is. It's not the title.
1: Let's talk about what you, what municipals are because nobody who's outside. Oh America yeah, yeah, the yeah. I forgot about that. What is <laughs>
0: municipals, Michael?
1: So municipals are um, additional searches. I don't know anywhere in the planet where it happens besides New York. So uh, typical municipal Jersey. searches are. House, in New Jersey, housing and building search, which is with the building department to see if there are any open permits or open violations. Um, there is a tax search, so a separate search to see what the what the current taxes are, what they are, what they do, and usually there's multiple taxes uh, paid in New York. Um, and then other stupid search. those are the important ones. The other stupid searches like the Patriot search and all the other crappy searches. They're always done separately. They're done from a separate company. The title company has to pay the search companies to do them. The problem is, to get a housing and building search in certain with certain municipalities, like a town in North Hempstead, that alone can take two months. Right? It should yeah. take two hours, but it could take months. And um, there are townships and stuff like the town of Babylon right now, which are slow as hell. They also they just don't respond to those things quickly. And nobody wants to close without those because those could be those could be big problems. So, it you know it's not uncommon for t- title to take five or six weeks. Oh and yeah, You know, that's talk to people in talk to people in most states. And they're like five, six weeks. That's a month after I already closed on this deal.
0: Yeah. There it's already on the market. You know, here's a little hack yeah. for that for people. If you want to, uh, if you, if you, you need to close fast and you, you, for some reason, you know, can't wait. Let's say the seller like really needs to get out of there. You can call, I mean, at least in my area, which is probably the same in your area. You can, cause it's basically the same area, but you, you can, Well, you can call the building department. At least what I do is I'll call the building department and say, listen, I'm in a crunch here. We're waiting for this municipal search. Can I just, can you tell me if there's any violations on the property? And I've done this where like they've said no, and I've gotten them to send me an email in writing and I just bought the property. And then afterwards we got the search back. But, you know, there is a risk there because maybe they put something on after the fact, but you, you know, be the person they, you spoke to
1: didn't didn't find it. There is a yeah. there is a risk. But I but I understand what you're saying. You can do that. Yeah.
0: I've done that. But the thing with that is like, you know, you gotta understand if you're getting the property at a certain number, like generally it's 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 still gonna be worth it for you. Um, especially if you're yeah,
1: well certainly. if you're it's doing a massive renovation on it and you're gonna get permits anyway, it doesn't really matter if there's an open yeah. violation because you're gonna fix it when you do the work. It really depends on what you're doing. If you're if you're wholesaling it, it could be a big problem because the person you're you're trying to sell it to. Might find that and go no bueno. I'm not closing, mm-hmm. so it's a bigger issue. But if you're going to do like major renovations to it, then whatever the permit or permit or violation issues are, you're going to cure anyway.
0: That's the thing. If you're wholesaling, it's a lot harder to do that because you're not in control. Well, if I'm buying it directly, I make the decisions, you know. But if if the buyer's like, I need muni's, which is a municipal search, you know, you're you're at the mercy of the buyer. And like, yeah, I'm dealing with this right every now. Every buyer, yeah,
1: every buyer is going to want muni's in New York. Every buyer because they're all concerned, right? They don't they want to know what they're getting into.
0: I, listen I get it I, I if I'm buying from a wholesaler in New York I'm the same way I'm like because I don't know what the fuck's going on because I didn't de- get the deal
1: have mtor
0: yeah that's the thing i actually in California it's weird because there is no there's there's COs in California but that's not like a big problem like if you have an open Co on a property like you could just close like it doesn't it doesn't really do anything like this say someone doesn't like deck in the back of their house and there's no permit for it like it's, you you have, a
1: it,
0: yeah, it's not, it's not really like a big fuss, but in I New I'm York, gonna, it's like, I'm going to ask
1: you to, I can ask you to saw off a foot of it. Like you had to.
0: Oh, that was funny. <laughs> so I'll tell us. So, so, so real quick, this, this happened to me actually a couple of years ago. I, I bought a property and I had clean municipals and uh, the way that the building this wasn't, oh my God, the town of Orangetown and in Rockland is like dealing with fucking prisoners. It's, it's terrible. So they, they gave me a uh, clear, like clear search. And I bought the property and did some work on it and I sold it. And I went into contract again with the, the buyer and the way that the buyer got the search, I guess they changed their process in the in between the time and they started sending people out to the properties, not just doing it all internally. And they saw that there was a deck on the property, didn't have a permit, which is weird because you think there'd be, you know, a deck is pretty standard when you build new construction. Anyway. They saw that the deck wasn't uh, compliant with the setback, which means that like the lot and the deck were not the right length. So they made me literally chop off like a half of a foot on the deck. I had to get some Kai to go chop the deck off and they measured it and they gave me the clear. But like that's the reality in New York. Like you have to understand that like that stuff will happen. And there's nothing you can do about it and when you have attorneys involved it just makes everything more complicated because the buyer's attorney is like really going to look out for their client which is the right thing to do and they don't really give a fuck that the building department fucked up because all they care about is getting their client protected and getting them the house so like in other states it's not a problem because you just the title company just doesn't the title company like in delaware like they don't give a shit like they're not representing the seller or the buyer they're in the middle they're the glue that holds it together so you don't even need to put a deposit down, and they don't give a shit because it doesn't matter; it's it's irrelevant. But in right. New York, that's it's not right. how it works.
1: In New York, it's different. There's an area, a big area called Levittown. Um, Bill built a guy named Levitt, and a lot of the houses had second floors that were only given CFOS as a shell. So they're saying like oh. we're giving you an attic, even though it's a big second floor, and you can definitely put two bedrooms and a bathroom on there. And over the course, these were all built in the '50s, and a lot of people, obviously. Put two bedrooms and a bathroom up there. Makes yeah. sense, right? It's a cape and now they have four bedrooms and two bathrooms in the in the house. But a lot of those don't have a CFO for them. So what, what happens, unfortunately, is that if you go to see the property um, and you want to do any work to it and get a permit, they go up and they go, you don't have a permit for this being finished. This happens also in a lot of basements. You need a perm- permit for oh, finished basements. Oh, a basement. lot of basements, yes. So you're like, okay, it's easy to a permit, but it's not because then they have to, they check all the electrical and make sure that it's the code. You have to get an electrician certificate that everything's the code. And sometimes it's not. You have to get a plumbing permit to make sure all the plumbing for the bathroom is the code. Sometimes it's not. And you have to get a building permit to, to finish that whole area. Now, it, these are not simple things. They're not cheap things. And sometimes it's a big problem, right? If the plumber in the 50s screwed up, then you have to redo the, the, the the drain to the sink in the to- in the bathroom. Who the hell wants to do that? It's a pain in the ass. If the guy didn't wire it right, whatever he did, he used the wrong breakers, you have to rewire this thing. So these are things that when you wholesale a deal are going to come up. Now, if you, the truth is, even if, if you close on it, um, you're going to have to deal with that before you buy it. Because as you said, the buyer's attorney is going to tell the buyer to look out for this stuff. And it, it, in a certain areas, people look out because these things happened dozens of thousands of times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I've noticed too, with like, we, even with like getting permits, like if <laughs> I don't like to get permits, so I, I mean, I don't yeah. know who does, but there, there are times.
1: Well, in certain places, in certain places, it's an easy process. Yeah. In California, you go in, you get a permit in three days for us. I mean, you can wait four months.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Sure. I, so what I normally do is like, I mean, this doesn't work every time, but if you're not doing anything really obvious, i.e., blowing the back of the deck off or something like that. You, you know, you actually, I, I'll tell you this story again. This was funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. I bought a property with Devin in Warwick, which is like one of the best areas around in my area. And we didn't do any big work to the house at all, like nothing. We just put it back on the market because it was just like a fix. It was like dated, but it wasn't like in bad shape. And the seller, Put a new roof on the property before we bought it, and in the listing, Devin wrote like new roof because he didn't know. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, it was a new roof to what we knew, and the town of Warwick has like a little like spy hunt, and they look for new listings, and then they'll see on like a new listing on Zillow or whatever, if it says like new roof and they don't see records of that with the building department, they'll flag you on a violation like kind of like from afar. So we got flagged and we had to you know we had to fix it but we had to do it legally but you know that that stuff happens like that you have by the way
1: that's the stuff. only place i know that requires a permit for a roof really you don't need a permit anywhere in long island for a roof there is no roofing permit really Yep.
0: you think I a, could roof put a new would roof. Be a permit because it's a roof
1: you would think but you don't get a permit for a roof here you just hire a roofer
0: interesting that's very strange that's crazy
1: I've never heard that so I would I would I have no problem putting a new roof on all my listings. but like if you put in a new kitchen that could co- cause a problem. I had that in a uh, village of Malvern where they screwed me over for that you put in new bathrooms new windows in the village of Malvern if you replace two windows, you need a permit for it because one window you don't need a permit for. It. How about that?
0: interesting yeah, that's that's funny because I normally do roofs on Saturdays after that mistake. You know because the you and know I,
1: I don't i don't have an issue with it there's no there's no the building inspector sees a roofer they don't care
0: interesting i found that yeah because the roof is obvious because someone's got to go there and rip their tar off the tar roof off and you know it's like pretty clear what's going on but with like a kitchen like what i normally do and i this this worked really well on the last project i did or the second to last project i had the guy put all the stuff in the garage it was a townhouse he put all the evidence in the garage. You would never know what's going on except for the saws going off and, you know, the construction happening. And then at the end of the job, he hauled all the stuff out of the garage. We did the whole house over or the whole unit over. And the only problem, I showed up there once and there's like four guys with saws really loud. And I'm like, yo, like if someone looks in this window, like they're going to see what's going on here. So I had him put like kind of like translucent tape, uh, translucent paper up over the window. So like you can't really see what's going on, but I made a mistake. I almost got busted. I parked my car in front of the neighbor's garage and he's part of the fire department and he couldn't get out. So he had to knock on the door and he's like, dude, you're blocking me in what the F. And I was like, Oh, sorry about that. And meanwhile, like there's a full blown rehab going on. And so like, you just got to be careful. You just got to like use your brain. And sometimes I don't do that. You
1: got to use your brain. You got to use your brain for sure.
0: You got to use your brain. But um, anyway, we started talking about speed to lead. And now we're going into rehabs, which is usually we because that's like where most of the bullshit lies. But the main point we want to make as we wrap the show up is when you're getting, especially when you're getting online inbound leads, you need to call them back right away. In New York, you'll have more time than other states, but if you can get into the habit of always calling these leads back right away and being proactive, not only does it demonstrate to the seller that you're consistent, but it gives you a big advantage over other people. Cause I know people to this day, they'll call the leads back whenever they have time. And I'm like, dude, if you're spending money on Google and you're not calling them back within like five minutes, like you're already like at a disadvantage. So you might as well just cold call. Um, So hopefully people got value if they did, if they could leave us a review, that'd be great. And we'll see everyone on the next episode. Take care everybody.